0: your hosts Griffin Youngs and Christian Boulay hello everybody welcome back to another edition of the tell it abs it is podcast on the hockey podcast network I am Griffin Youngs I'm currently suffering an allergy attack I am joined by Christian Boulay as always whose voice is not nasally so Christian why don't you lead us off while I
1: yeah no what's going on dude um it's very weird that we're back to these uh, only seeing each other like twice a, twice a week. Uh, you get used to it in those two months of the playoffs where I just felt like I saw you every day. I know. Uh, so it's weird getting back into this. Um, but it, it's a great Sunday in the middle of July, near the end of July. With each passing day, we are closer to hockey again. Um, but we are in the dog days of summer. Um, I currently I got an abs tattoo. Um, it looks pretty cool. Uh, it's a Stanley cup. So my arm's getting tatted up now. Uh, if you would have told me five years ago that I'd have a Stanley cup tattoo, I would have told you you were fucking crazy. Um, but I got that. Uh, I don't know if I've told you uh, I recently started in NHL 22 season where Curtis McDermott is my first line winger. Um, it's not going well. Um, he has 10 goals in 35 games. So It's not bad, but when you're playing with Nathan McKinnon and Miko Rantanen, I'm expecting more out of you, Curtis. Um, But, yeah, that's where we're at right now in the season. I'm talking about the video game I'm playing.
0: The thing is, I don't even think we are at the dog days of summer. We're we're still a couple weeks removed from that. And even still – we, there is no new abs news to talk about. I mean, literally none. It's been, it's been so long. I've developed allergies to the team as a whole, which is why this allergy attack started half an hour before we started the show. I was fine all day. Then we're talking about like, oh, why don't we start recording here? I, You heard me earlier. I've been sneezing my brains out for the last yeah. little bit. So that's my only explanation.
1: But I mean, it, it's a good time. We're coming up. I, I know it's crazy. It hasn't even been a month since we won the Stanley Cup. Like that's yeah, I crazy.
0: Was, I was thinking about that earlier today. A, m- a month ago, I was in Colorado. Still.
1: Yeah. Like it's crazy. Like I was looking back on videos. Like oh, that was so long ago. It's like oh no, it hasn't even been 31 days yet.
0: Yeah, it's so been ridiculous that we're still so close to that. It's also like oh, the 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 off season's dead. Everything yeah. happened, but still waiting for Nazem Kadri to sign, and Christian, I only have so many words about this topic. I I really don't know what else to say on the matter. Uh, There's a
1: rumor out there now. There's a rumor. There's
0: there's one new bit of information, and it is rumored that the Islanders are starting to make a push. Knowing Lou Lamorello and how long Nazem Kadri has taken to sign a contract, that might be he might be signed tomorrow. He might be signed in mid-August. He might be signed before training camp. So we might still be doing this for a long time because Lou takes his time on a lot of things, like constructing his roster, because the Islanders still haven't done anything. They still have not signed any of their restricted free agents. They have not signed any major players, not made any trades. So I'm left to conclude that he's just really busy with this Nazem Kadri stuff.
1: He's digging deep. He's really... He's really deciding if he wants to give him that ninth or 10th year. That's really where he's at. I don't even know if that's legal. Can you give nine, it's, 10 years?
0: It's not, but Lou, you know, yeah. he'll, he'll find a way. He gives out the longest contracts possible to the oldest players possible. He'll find a way to give him a ninth or 10th. You know, what, what's the HL going to do about it? They got to tell
1: Lou yeah. Amorello no? That's quite possible. You remember when, like, I don't know how old you were. Do you remember when Kovalchuk signed that 17-year deal? That was after was they went to the that final, team. right?
0: That was 2012?
1: Yeah, I, I thought it was before. But It, it was like, either
0: the year before or the year directly after. I'm sure they're still on their cap front. It is. Yeah, they still have three more years of that recapture penalty.
1: Like, that's crazy. 17-year yeah, contract? 20,
0: I was totally off. It was 2010.
1: Yeah, I thought it was before their cup run. But, yeah, yeah so that's it, hilarious.
0: It, it got terminated after their cup run. In like, gotcha. U- 2013, it got terminated. But it was signed 2010, and there would – still be three seasons left, including this coming one.
1: It's hilarious, dude. That's and a hilarious contract. a
0: year contract worth a $100 million, signed we, by Lula Morello.
1: By Lula Morello. So who knows? He could find a way. You remember, like, this is where we're at, two in the season. Remember when Ricky Pietro signed, like, that 14-, 15-year deal with the Islanders? Speaking of the Islanders, he still gets paid, like, a million dollars every season. Oh, summer.
0: yeah. It's our own Bobby Bonilla in the NHL. I'm pretty sure if I go to the Islanders cap friendly, he'll still be there. I wasn't expecting to talk about this, but oh yeah. (laughs) With DiPietro, it doesn't even show up on the cap anymore. But yeah, he gets paid every year until 2029. That's awesome. $1.5 million.
1: What a time to be alive, man. It didn't start
0: until 2013. He was out of the league by then, wasn't he? I'm pretty sure he was. Yeah, he... Yeah, yeah, that was his last season. Was two thousand thirteen. Played three games. Was an eight fifty five.
1: Sounds like Rick DiPietro. Man, that is uh, go back on bad contracts. That that's one of them. Uh, you know, I, I really of-
0: haven't taken a look at Rick DiPietro in a long time. How the hell did this guy get fifteen years? <laughs> what were they doing? Who, that's like,
1: why. That's why there's that new rule that you can't sign over a nine year contract or something. How,
0: like that was Garth Snow back then signing that deal. My God. Oof.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, like, that's the thing, man, is it's like, you can't, I'm sure the owners bargain that and their collective bargaining that they can't keep getting sucked into these very long term contracts. But if it still existed, what do you think? I mean, McKinnon would probably sign like a 12 year deal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I
0: mean, Ovechkin just got off of his incredibly illegal contract. Shea Weber, like they're doing all kinds of backflips to make sure there's no recapture. When the Predators, if he retired, have like $20 million in dead cap or whatever. There was that thing like Please a couple go. a couple of years ago, obviously after the the Suban for Weber trade, which is surprisingly topical for today, because we're going to be talking about other big trades that have happened today or recently. And there was some rumor out there that he was going to retire. This was a couple of years ago, obviously, not like it is right now, where he's quote unquote retired. Yep. And there if, if he would have retired, the predators where he is not actively playing would have had a $20 million cap recapture penalty, I think, for one year. And it would go down to like $14 million. Like the Parisi and Suter buyout on crack.
1: Yeah, that would be hilarious if it happened in Nashville. Um, but, I mean, like you say, because isn't Brent Seabrook still technically not retired?
0: Yeah, well, they're technically not retired. They're still getting paid. But Shea Weber's never playing another game again. Isn't he not with... Montreal? Vegas. Didn't he get traded to Vegas? Yeah. Yeah, he got traded to Vegas. So I'm tr- I'm trying to find where that is on here. Yeah, he still has four years left on that contract. He's
1: that's just gonna awesome. be
0: he's just gonna be eating LTIR money for four years.
1: Yeah, and Vegas is more than
0: happy to pay it. And uh, apparently, that's not against the rules that you can just yeah. be on long term injury reserve. You are fucking retired, but yeah. you're not technically retired.
1: Well, because isn't Brent Seabrook with Tampa technically now?
0: He is. Now I remember that one. See, I'm just doing the marathons on cap friendly right now, trying to find these incredibly obscure contracts, but yes, yeah. Brent Seabrook. Yeah. He still has this season and next on there at 6.875 6, 6. Oh. signed in 2015, right after they won and he oh, immediately that's... stepped off a cliff.
1: Oh, that's bad. That's yeah.
0: bad. I liked Brent Seabrook too. Actually but... he, he, the first year of that contract, he was better than he was the year before. And then it's like the next season he just fell off the
1: face of the earth. Fell off the face of the earth. (laughs) But yeah, speaking of big trades, you kind of hinted at it. We got what do you call? I know in the NBA you call it a Woj bomb. What what are we calling it in the uh, in the NHL? A Friedman bomb? Like I don't know. I just just call
0: it a freeze bomb. I guess a freeze bomb. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't Uh, doesn't have the say. Doesn't roll off the tongue the same, but yes,
1: it's. It was a huge moment, and it happened late at night. It, it was happened at
0: 11 late. p.m. Eastern time. Yeah. I, was, I was literally getting ready to go to bed, and Freeman just drops one in my notifications. Matthew Kachuk is going to Florida. And he already signed a new deal. What was it for, $9 million a year? It was nine and a half for eight years. Signed by the Calgary Flames, which was a fun little detail, then was traded to Florida. The first true sign-and-trade in the NHL, I believe I read.
1: Yeah, I think they need to do that more often. I think the sign and trade is a really cool thing they do in the NBA, um, but it, it's it benefits the team that's losing the player. Um, so you texted me. You know that. what
0: else benefits the team that losing the player? The package that the Calgary Flames yeah. got yeah. for because I texted you when you. Still-
1: yeah, when you sent me that the trade happened, I was like, holy fuck, what's the return on this? Because when you look at it, Florida has no assets. So that's where I was confused. I was like, maybe they pulled a fast one over. Um, oh, contraire. No. contraire. They moved Jonathan Huberdo and Mackenzie Weger, a prospect and a first round pick for Matthew Kachuk. And hold on, not just any first round
0: pick, a conditional 2025 first round pick. I know that's really getting lost in this trade, but that is fucking hilarious to me that they traded a 2025 first. And the thing about that is it can still be a 2026 first based on the conditions that if the, the pick that they send to Calgary in 2025 is a lottery pick, that one goes to the Flyers, I believe. And then Calgary gets the 2026 first round pick out of that deal.
1: Oh, fuck. Does that make sense? Okay. Well, at least um,
0: it'll get resolved soon. Right. You know, yeah. coming up very soon, the 2025 yeah, two draft lottery.
1: Years. So yeah, that is crazy. Um, my initial reaction to it. I hated this move for Florida. I, I did not like it. Um, I think I tweeted out saying, comparing it to like the Avs trading Miko Ransden Devon Taves. Um, and then as more time passed, of course, that's the tweet that gets a ton of attention. Like it gets a bunch of interactions. Uh, Because if I would have changed it, both Huberto and Weger are free agents after next year. They're going to be 30 and 31 when they sign their new deals. It's a risky trade for the Panthers. You trade away a Jonathan Huberto, who had, what, like 110 points this year?
0: He he was tied with Goudreau for the second most points in the NHL, which is kind of ironic.
1: Yeah, he was fantastic last year. Like, he was getting MVP consideration, if I remember right. Yeah, I mean, he,
0: uh, for a while there, he was in front of McDavid for the Art mm-hmm. Ross pretty late in the season, too.
1: Yeah. Huberto was fantastic last year. And they moved him, which, whew, man, I I did not like that. And then Mackenzie Wieger, who I think we both agree is like a good – I like, pair I
0: like Mackenzie Uygur a lot. I think on this, a second pair of defensemen on a contending team is a great role for him. Yeah. But it's also but you, the same thing Uygur. Yeah. It's the same thing with Uygur as it is for Huberto. I didn't really realize this when the trade happened. And I was like, boy, yeah. what? First of all, how is Jonathan Huberto 29? Yeah. That, that guy aged like five years this season. I swear to God, he was just 20. Well, He
1: played in Florida when they were terrible for like the first like five years. So now everyone forgot about him.
0: Like I, for, uh, I forgot he was drafted in 2011 right after yeah. Gabe Landeskog. Like you, we just kind of forget that sometimes. Huberto just seemed like he was perennially 24, 25 years old and he's got one year left at 5.9. My thoughts on this trade are that if Huberto resigns Calgary wins this deal. The fact that they were able to get Jonathan Huberto when they had no leverage at all out of this Matthew Kachuk trade, that's one of the best moves the GM has made in recent years. But the thing is, this one's really hard to judge, like, right as it happens. Because much like Subban for Weber, which is really the only trade that even comes close to this magnitude, you had to give it a lot of time. And even then... You can say Montreal won, but both teams went to the final after the deal happened. Both players played a key role in that happening. And both just kind of ended up being dead money by the end of their time there. So Matthew Kachuk is a really good player and is, I don't know if he's worth nine and a half, but he's in, in that ballpark, I would assume. He gets called a, a unicorn a lot, which is okay. Makes no sense. Sure. Okay. whatever you say. I'm sure if his name wasn't Kachuk, we would say that too. But yeah, it's a good deal for Florida because they're getting Matthew Kachuk for eight years. He's 24 years old. He's signed to a contract. You never have to think about it again. He wants to be there. He's committed long-term. And the Flames replaced Johnny Gaudreau straight up. They got a guy with the same amount of points as him last year. And they're adding to their defense with Mackenzie Weger. It's a good deal for them but they need to keep them after this season. And as we saw in the last three weeks, that's easier said than done for Calgary, who just lost Johnny Gaudreau to Columbus and Matthew Kachuk immediately fucked off after that. This really does hinge on how they handle this situation. If they can keep Hubertot and lock him up, even still 29 years old, not like the Matthew Kachuk trade or contract, Weger... I think could be hit or miss. You know, he's a good player. I wouldn't think it's necessary to re-sign him in order to consider this an absolute win, but it wouldn't hurt. The first round pick is meaningless. It's in 2025 at the earliest. I will be 24 at that point. So (laughs) it's a, it's a trade that we have not seen in the NHL in a long time. I would argue this one is more shocking than Subban for Weber just because yeah. of the, the cap contract for both sides and how you can see how it works long-term for both of them. This one really just came out of nowhere. We knew Kachuk would be on the move. I really didn't think it would happen until like much later in the offseason. But when you get author Jonathan Huberdeau, yeah, it's pretty hard to say no to that and to be like, no, we're going to wait for a better package. So
1: I don't think you were getting one. <laughs>
0: you, were, you were not going to get a better package than the, the runner-up to the Art Ross this season. The initial reaction from both me and you was, holy shit, how did the Flames pull this off? To The Flames probably win this deal, but they've still got some work to do.
1: They do still have some work to do, but here's my thing. like I I still don't think Calgary is close to Stanley Cup contention. They're still a long ways off. Um, This will keep them relevant in the Pacific, which we all know is not a very good division, probably the weakest division in hockey. It's bad. Um, It's bad. So they'll probably be like contending for the top three in the central or not the central, the Pacific. Um, if I were them, which this is just me, if you move Hubert or Uyghur at the deadline, you're gonna get paid, you're gonna get
0: a ton of assets in return. Well, here's the thing with that, it's what you just said. Calgary doesn't rebuild. They're never going to rebuild. They're they are convinced that they are really close and if losing Gaudreau and Kachuk wanting out isn't enough. I don't think Huberto is going to be the one that pushes them over the edge. Maybe it will be, and they'll finally just give up and rebuild. Now, if they can move Huberto and Weger, Weger will definitely fetch you a first at the deadline at very least. And Huberto will fetch you a lot more. So you can turn Kachuk into... At like three or four first round picks at that point, and good prospects, and get a good kickstart on the rebuild, and then you trade Elias Lindholm to the Avs, which is what I've yeah. been doing forever, and you can get even more. So Flames, call me. I have some ideas for you. Well, but, here's
1: the thing: you just said Huberto is signed for one year, five point nine. That is a crazy good contract to move. You can get a lot of value for
0: you that. Re- you retain half on that. You're getting Jonathan Huberto at under three million dollars.
1: That's crazy. Like that is. Calgary should do that. Like you said, they aren't going to, and we're going to be here next off season saying, Oh, Jonathan Huberdeau is going to Montreal and Mackenzie Yeah. Mackenzie Weger signing with Ottawa and it'll just be like, well, now Florida won that trade for Kachuk. Cause as it stands right now, Calgary is by far the winner of this trade. Um, what they do with them is going to be interesting. And I completely agree with you. I think they're going to be a, they will be a playoff team next year and Jacob Marstrom will struggle in the playoffs again their lack of forwards will be exposed. I mean, even though that first line looks okay with Lindholm, Huberdo, and I think they were going to put Majapani on the third first line on the other winger, still unsigned. Like, like that's that's not a cup contender. It's not. It's no. flat out like,
0: not. right. Like because right, Majapani currently does not have a contract. He's still an RFA. It'd be Tyler Tofoli right now.
1: Yeah, I mean Tyler Tofoli is a good He's top six forward. Good. Yeah. That's like, top that's, top that's, top
0: that's, top. like Tyler Toffoli is good. That's all I've said about Tyler Toffoli. He's good. I'm not willing to say any more on him. He's good. Yeah. But you
1: need to replenish the cupboard because didn't they trade a first for him for Toffoli or was it a second?
0: They traded a first to Montreal. It was this year's draft. So they have all of their first plus Florida's in three drafts from now. So they, ha- they have their picks. They don't have their third next year. They don't have their fifth next year. And I completely agree with you. Getting Huberto is great and getting Uyghur is great. All of a sudden, their defense looks a little bit better. But you replace Johnny Gaudreau, it's hard to replace Matthew Kachuk. Yep. Are they still in on Nazem Kadri? We can kind of spin this to being abs-related. Yeah, I think that, that would have happened by now. They, exactly. They were still in a couple of weeks ago. There was still that rumor that they'd be in on him. They have still $9 million in cap space. They need to sign on. Andrew Manjipani and Oliver Shillington. I just don't see the fit there anymore. I don't know. Like the Pacific it's is bad, is bad. It's bad, but I think you can make the case it's the most interesting because there are yeah. so many moving pieces. Who's going to win that division? Is it going to be Edmonton? Probably most likely, but the Kings could be really good next year. You never know. Vancouver is a real wild card depending on what they do with JT Miller. Obviously Vegas, we never know what they're going to be, and now they don't have
1: the players to field the team yet. So I, yeah, I don't they know. Don't.
0: They, we still don't know what they're going to be, but they're Vegas, and they're just—they're always going to stick around. And now you have Calgary, who they just lost all their guys. They but they just got one of the best passers in the NHL in Jonathan Huberdeau, and one of the best defensive centers with Elias Lindholm. And now their defense is a little better than it was last year. You can kind of look at it as. You're replacing Kachuk with Uyghur, maybe balances you out a little more. I'm stretching here, but yeah, it's it's not the worst team in the world, but it just kind of seems like mushy middle. and Which is the worst
1: spot to be in hockey. That is the worst spot to be is ask the Minnesota Wild how that goes,
0: where you're just constantly in the top eight. Well, you can just call yourself the state of hockey and call it a day for being the most mediocre team in the NHL your entire existence.
1: Yeah, and you – you win this playoff series, and then you just make it a playoffs and losing the first round every time, and yeah. you talk yourself into thinking like, "Oh, if everything falls in the right place, we could win it."
0: Yeah, um, we could just win so, three games in the first round yeah. this time.
1: Like you, you say all that things, and it still would not shock me in the least if we're talking about Calgary being second place in the Pacific this year and not trading anything. Like I also, I wouldn't could be shocked, see that happening.
0: I also wouldn't be shocked if they're the worst Canadian team in the Pacific Division, yep. and. Maybe fighting for a spot, but pretty out of it late in the season and talking about Jonathan Huberto's going to the Rangers or something.
1: That'd be a sick trade. That'd be like, I mean, there's... like you,
0: you can talk about Jonathan Huberto going to pretty much anybody because you're getting him for what, like 2.9 yeah, or something absolutely. crazy like that. Even the abs could make that work technically. Yep. If we really wanted Jonathan Huberto, we could make it work under the cap, but so could pretty much any contending team.
1: Yeah. Any team could like, I, I think it would be hilarious. Like I, I wouldn't want this to happen, but it would be peak comedy if he gets traded to Tampa at the trade deadline. I was,
0: I was having that thought too. And And then
1: they play in the the first or the second round again and fucking Tampa Bay sweeps them again. Like,
0: well, because the the funny thing about that is Huberto is pissed right now Oh yeah, because they, they were having precursory extension talks. They never heard back. The next call they got was that he was traded to Calgary. That's he didn't, so crazy. he didn't, yeah, he That's didn't sign crazy. off on anything. And all of a sudden now he's moving to another country not, not, this is not a shot at Calgary. I'm just putting myself in his situation here. He's going from Florida, one of the best tax benefit teams in the, and the, weather. In, in, the Indiana, weather and the weather, even if it's not for everyone, instead going to Calgary, which I've never been to Calgary. I assume it's a wonderful place. The but, hardworking city. Yeah. And he had no idea this was coming. And
1: I I just, I don't know, man. Like I I just, if I'm the flames, you just, they're not going to, but you need to just trade both of them and just start your rebuild. Yeah, I mean, mean, rebuilds can be quick. They can be quick if you hit the, if you hit the picks trade. if
0: you're good at your job, they can be quick. Like you look at the Sabres, they did a fucking awful job forever. And the Rangers, theirs went around pretty quickly. Like don't sell off everybody like I think that's what we've learned with rebuilds is you don't sell off everybody I mean obviously the abs didn't trade Landis Gog or McKinnon or any of their big guys they ended up with Kale McCarr fourth overall and five years later won the Stanley Cup
1: but that's the thing because the abs went from bad like the rebuild was like two years and then they were playoff contenders again
0: I, I honestly do, do we even call it a rebuild like they just they literally got Kale McCarr and made the playoffs the next season without yeah. Kale McCarr even being in the lineup
1: so that, that's the thing is like, you can do this quick. You can, um, but you need to be able, like you just got the type of return. Like I wouldn't be shocked if Jonathan Huberdale. If he gets traded at the deadline for that cap it, you may get two first round picks for him and an eight chip prospect. Yeah. You may get
0: Especially if a team feels like they can work out an extension with him pretty quickly, then yeah, you can definitely get a massive return for him. It's just, if you're a Calgary obviously you have to go into the season with some sort of expectation that you're going to make the playoffs because you just traded for Jonathan Huberto. You didn't trade Matthew Kachuk for nothing, but futures, you're obviously still going to try, but if this season goes South, you got to be real with yourselves. Now you've, you've been kicking this rebuild can down the road forever. Eventually you're going to have to. And yeah. if Huberto does not work out, and you let him walk for nothing at the end of the season. You, you convince yourselves that you are contenders and you get into a wild card spot and you get smoked by the Avs in the first round. What did you really accomplish at the end of the day? Huberto walks for nothing. He goes to Montreal, which is where he's been rumored to want to go. And now you have nothing.
1: You got nothing. So I just, that's the Calgary side. Like it, there's a lot of chances there. If we move over to the Florida side of this, I don't think this trade made them any better than they were before this trade. I think
0: long-term stability, yeah, this is a good deal. In terms of immediately
1: improving the team, I mean, they definitely got tougher. Look at that decor, though, man. You're going to tell me that decor is going to win a cup? No uh, chance in
0: hell. Absolutely not. That defense is bad.
1: You got x and that's it.
0: You really got to commend Bill Zito for turning one of the most promising futures in the NHL with Florida in just one year to the next year. Going, whoa, what the fuck are we doing here? Because they won a the playoff guy.
1: series, Griffin. They won a playoff series. They
0: did. I know they won. I was I watched <laughs> it. Yeah, yeah, they did win a playoff series. And for 20 games of Claude Giroux and 20 games of Ben Sherratt, and now for Matthew Kachuk, they have no first round picks potentially until if. If it all goes horribly, potentially until 2027, but 2026 at the absolute earliest is when they would have their own first round pick back. And then I'm going to pull up all their stuff here. Traded Huberto, Weger, Cole Schwint, who I I really don't know too much about. Third round pick in 2019. Might have been something. Played three games this season. And we can go all the way down here. Tippett. Yeah, Owen Tippett. Obviously another first round pick. Ben Chirot, they trade Ty, Simil- Ty Smolanic. I butchered that, and <laughs> another first-round pick. Claude Giroux and Ben Chirot are no longer Florida Panthers.
1: Nope.
0: Matthew Kachuk will be one, presumably, for a long time. And Alexander Barkov is signed until 2030. So they've got... Those I like Barkov's yeah. great. What did I say? Barkov's great. Oh, I thought you, I thought you were correcting me. Sorry, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah no, no. So yeah, Barkov and Huberto, uh, Kachuk, not Huberto. I said, oh, you weren't correcting me. Immediately, fuck up. Barkov and (laughs) Kachuk expire in 2030. Ekblad has three more years left. Reinhardt has two. Like, I I really think they missed their chance this year. Kachuk's great, and he's going to be great with them. Might even still be a 100-point player with Barkov as his center. Jonathan Huberto was a 100-point player with Barkov as his center. You really didn't improve.
1: No, I I think they they slightly got worse just because they lost Weegar. Right, because I mean, you look at it that. Was, defense, it was kind
0: of rumored they were going to lose him anyway. They were yeah. rumored to be trading him for a while.
1: Yeah, and if you look at that defense, you've got Aaron Ekblad, Gustav Forsling, Radko
0: Budis, Brandon Montour,
1: Brandon Montour, who's not bad. He's a good third pair defenseman. He's not bad. But if you're throwing him on the top pair. Yeah, he, he's yeah, gonna be he's,
0: drowning pretty quick.
1: And I love Aaron Ekblad, I think he's a great player. But the past two years, he's gotten hurt and missed significant amounts of time.
0: Yeah, and, I mean, Ekblad's been amazing the last couple of years, but his knee has been fucked twice. It, is it the same knee or both knees? I mean, which uh, answer is worse?
1: Yeah, was it his knee or did I thought he broke his leg against Dallas in the shortened year? I think he broke his leg.
0: I think the first time he got hurt, he butchered his ACL. I think that was like the first time this oh. one might've been his leg. I, I, maybe, I, I don't know off.
1: either, but he, maybe I did trauma
0: block that one out of my mind. I think that one was really brutal, yeah. but I, I think it was his knee. They might've been the same knee or both knees. And I don't know which one's worse Yeah. and not to call him injury prone. Those are both freak accidents. I'm just saying you don't know what Aaron Eckblad you're going to be getting now. Cause he he's top. would you say he's a top 10 defenseman when healthy? I would say so. I feel like he yeah. kind of flies under the radar of like elite defensemen. He's obviously not a Kale McCarr, Victor Hedman type tier, but he's excellent.
1: Yeah, he's a great defenseman, and I just the we have we've gone this far talking about Panthers. Their goaltender Sergei Bobrovsky, and it's going to be that was, way
0: for a long time.
1: And if you had Sergei Bobrovsky from when he was in Columbus, yeah, this team would be fucking sick. But the Sergei Bobrovsky we've seen in his tenure in Florida has been mediocre at best. This was his best
0: season. He was yeah. a nine thirteen, And surprisingly, he was a 9-11 in the playoffs. But, like, for a $10 million goalie, you should be getting Vasilevsky numbers every single night.
1: Well, because what was it with uh, – who signed him to that deal? It wasn't Zito, right? Uh, it Zito wasn't Zito. It
0: was what – was, what was his name? Dale Talon. My opinion, oh. one of the worst general managers to ever grace the sport not named Peter Shirelli. I think that that's yeah. a joke.
1: Yeah, but he signed that contract. Zito has to deal with it. It's an immovable contract.
0: Yeah, you can't, can't move. Like every offseason, we're talking about, like, oh, the team might trade for for Bobrovsky. How? Like, they, is Florida going to retain half five million dollars for the next four years?
1: You know what they could do? They could uh, they could trade a first round pick with him and then just oh. get like a conditional you know your conditional pick back <laughs>
0: like, i mean why not right dude, you want a 2028 first round pick who knows where we'll be by then that might be the first overall pick at the, the way the rate we're going
1: it's really funny to look at it because we're saying all these things about trading draft picks the abs had two this year but it's a difference of we when you get the right player and you win the cup no one cares right like the abs have been able to identify talent in the draft they built around it and when they have a chance to make a good trade they make a trade and that team's better for it
0: right um, it, it's the discussion we had at the deadline of is Claude Drew the right move or the big move it's the big move not the right move Arturi Lekanen is the right move right we gave up Baron in a second for it and granted Florida didn't have to give up a, a ton to get Claude Drew just because it was the only team he was willing to go to but they still gave up a first for him and a pretty good prospect and Owen Tippett And I said at the time, that's not what the Panthers need. They don't need Claude Giroux. They can already score. It's like what I said with them in the abs or with Giroux in the abs. They don't need Claude Giroux. Arturi Lekkinen fits way better. Obviously, we didn't know it was down to those two at that point, but I was just making the example at that point that a guy like Arturi Lekanen fills that need much better. And for Florida, it was like, they needed a defenseman, and they got Ben Sherratt, who's not that good. And yeah. they thought, okay, we're done. We're going to go swing for the fences with Claude Giroux. Are you really swinging for the fences, or are you just trying to appeal to your fans?
1: I mean, they, they appealed to the fans. They won a playoff series and then got the exposed. fan, singular. Yeah, they, they got exposed by the Lightning,
0: which – They got exposed I mean, by the Caps, let's be real. Yeah. The Caps pushed them around yeah. until they gave up.
1: Well, and the Caps blew it in game five. I forgot they were up 3 nothing. Four, five, five, and six. Yeah.
0: That's so, – Four, That's incident. a very winnable, winnable series. series. yeah. They, got they could have won well before season. Tampa.
1: Yeah. So I, I just Florida is one of those teams. I I always liked Florida. I, I they were a fun team to cheer for, and now they've kind of become mainstream. And I don't like where they're headed. I loved Huberdeau as a player. I loved his fit down there. Um, I think I'm going to change my allegiance for my East Coast team. Uh, I'm thinking about jump on the Sabers bandwagon. I think that's a team that I could cheer for is the Sabres.
0: I mean, obviously I have my bandwagon Ragan hitched. I've yeah. had it just for several decades, but for my second favorite East team, it would absolutely be Buffalo. Yeah. But like, Buffalo, Buffalo is like When they do start winning, when they make the playoffs, eventually it's going to be a sight to behold. Like that yeah. is going to be probably one of the most fun teams we've ever seen. I think like a, a Sabres team is like a wild, imagine if they play the Leafs round one. Oh. Them was a wild. Actually, that. actually, no, I wouldn't like that because the the whole building would be full of Leafs fans. But, yeah. So, but like M- Montreal or something, I don't know. They play like, Tampa. Uh, Everyone hates Tampa. They play Tampa round one as a wild card team. That building would be going absolutely wild.
1: Yeah, like I, I just I like the Panthers. I I just think they they got worse from this. So I'm gonna hitch my wagon to the Sabers, and I, I just I really don't like. I still like Barkov. But like all the players that I really liked on that team when I started watching them like and gambling on that's really what my allegiance if you win me money gambling then I'm going to like you and I love the Senators in the COVID bubble or the like Canadian division they won me a lot of money cuz they were always like plus 250 to win um I will always have that moment where they came back from like 5-1 down against the Leafs in the third period that was a great day I won a lot of money that day um but the Sabres just strike me as that team and I just I still think the Panthers are still a playoff team. Like they're yeah, gonna make they're
0: the gonna make the playoffs, most likely. It's been fu- it's funny. We've been talking about this trade for nearly like 30 minutes at this point, and we kind of don't like it for either side.
1: <laughs> no. It I, I still think Calgary, if they trade Huberto and Uyghur, they win the trade. Yeah. They win it because you, uh, you gain
0: two guys, guys. If if like everything continues as it goes right now, you have potatoes as the GM, Huberto walks, Uyghur walks. Florida wins the deal. If for yes. living gets the job done and signs at least Huberto Uyghur is just for fun at that point, then Calgary wins the trade. Yeah. But like, I don't know, maybe for Florida, we just haven't really been talking about Kachuk Cause I think this just kind of works for them, even though it's kind of a lateral move, it's kind of everything else. They didn't, they really, they made their cap situation worse and really didn't improve their team. Like, yeah, you know, in a playoff series, Matthew Kachuk would be kind of annoying. I don't, I don't know if the Oilers would say that after they crushed them in four straight games, but sure.
1: Like, Kachuk was a no-show in these playoffs. Like, he yeah. didn't do anything in the playoffs. Like, he, like so- oh, he,
0: like, oh, the Battle of Florida is going to get much more interesting now. Is it? Like, Kachuk's kind of a pest, but I think even he understands that you're a 100-point player. You really shouldn't be taking yourself out of the game, and that automatically diminishes your goon value.
1: Yeah, and Tampa's still significantly better than Florida. I mean, it's yeah. just,
0: just the case. They, they swept them. Like, that series was not close. They crushed them.
1: Yeah. That was probably so, the most yeah.
0: lopsided playoff series we've seen in a, a while outside of, obviously, the Abs and Predators. But
1: Yeah. That, that, that's the thing, man. I just – i. I don't think Florida improved. If Calgary does the right thing, they have a chance to hit this out of the park. They really do. They they have a chance to win the biggest NHL trade since Shea Weber and PK Subban.
0: I I'd argue this one's better. Like I'm outside of Subban Weber. Like what is the biggest trade? Like genuine. Larson for Hall.
1: Larson for Hall.
0: Even then we all knew that like the, the devils won that trade handily.
1: Yeah. But I, I just, it was a huge trade. Um, I'm glad the abs don't have to make these moves. It's so nice not having to worry about this. And it's fun just talking about when it's not your team, but.
0: Right. It must suck to be other teams right now. That yeah. Just, that feel like they constantly need to get tougher and, oh, we need to do this and that. If You really look at it. A lot of teams are trying to respond to how good the abs are. Yeah. Let's face it. You're a trendsetter. We're yep. trendsetters. So, so it's just like, how, how are we going to answer the abs when we play them? You don't. You don't. You got to
1: have depth and you got to have seven, eight defensemen because
0: that's like... And, and you have to have a goalie who's a 950 yeah. and, and hope that our goalie is below 900. It's the only, well, it's the only it reason... it doesn't
1: have to be below 900 because... Well, that's, we a, couple,
0: couple, well, couple, that's, couple, that's I was going to say. Like, even still, St. Louis and Tampa, that's the only reason you won two games out of four. Yeah,
1: like, because we're goaltending. Yeah, because so, our
0: goaltending sucked. Without that, probably like 16 and
1: two. That would have been awesome. But people are responding to the abs. Um, I don't like this, like for the Western conference, I don't think it changes anything. Um, I it, still think the avs are the class of the West. I it, mean, I don't think it's
0: close. Like, the no. thing is like,
1: I'm looking at the West right now and
0: I don't want to come on my av show and sound all cocky about the abs, but who is our competition here? Like, I'm, I'm actually kind of frustrated. Like, come on guys, this is supposed to be interesting. Yeah. It is. It, make it challenging for us. I mean, my god, the Oilers are our only competition, and they didn't get significantly better, in my opinion. Yeah, so. like the the Blues, they stayed kind of lateral. Is Tarasenko ever getting traded? Well, guess we'll never know. I don't. I don't know. Like it's I the just, Blues and the Oilers right now. I mean, the, the the Predators, I think, have had a good off season. It might move them ahead of Minnesota. I. That's what we're talking about we here. You Don't
1: know, man. Like the, the Western Conference, like you want to give a preview of it, and you want to think of teams that could yeah. possibly dethrone the Abs.
0: And we, we can just, we can save all that for the dull, yeah, in the offseason. Yeah,
1: but. when we get into that, but it's there's no one. Like I agree, like St. Louis, maybe, but they have Jordan Bennington in it, and who knows what right. Jordan Bennington. If
0: their goaltending have. got worse, they what was it? Was it Halak or Grise? It was Grise, wasn't it? Grise. yeah. mine. Thomas Grise is their backup, and Jordan Bennington, yeah, he got hot in the playoffs for like four games. Hey everybody, hope you've been enjoying this episode so far, interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsor at DraftKings Sportsbook. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1. $1,000. $1,000. That's right, make your first bet up to $1,000, and if you don't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same game parlays, spreads, money lines, over unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. Even though hockey's over, there is still plenty to bet on at DraftKings Sportsbook, and best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your cash. Whenever you want. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Now, back to the episode. And like. The Blues, they signed Letty to this contract as well as, what was it, four years? Four years, four million. Over a 30-year-old defenseman. They've really just kind of stayed the same. They lost, lost Perron. And yeah. they really didn't add a big replacement for him. Like, they still have a deep team. Like, they're, what was their big addition? Nola Nolachari?
1: Yeah, I mean, you signed Thomas he to big will. money, which I think will that, that contract will age well. I like. I
0: think, I think it will too. The more the, the more you dig into Thomas's stats, he's really good and already one of the top tier playmakers in the NHL. He, that contract is going to age perfectly fine. And Jordan Cairo is going to be better. He's going to need to get paid next season. Uh, but I feel like we're kind of entering the wild territory for the Blues because O'Reilly's a UFA next year. Tarasenko's a UFA next year. This might start to be the time where you might want to you know go for it. You yeah, know, go for it, or it shake like, it up. I feel like they're kind of approaching last year's wild territory where it's like there's kind of a ticking clock here because for the wild this season they they got a lot worse this off season because of yep. their their cap issues that they inflicted on themselves. The Blues have not inflicted this on themselves. It's just contracts run out eventually. Ryan O'Reilly's going to need a new deal. I don't imagine he leaves because they love him. Yep. Tarasenko probably they lost one captain. Right. And but it's going to be harder to field a team. You're not going to be as deep anymore. Yep. And your big move is Chari and Josh Levo. Like, yeah. are you ever trading Tarasenko? They like, could I,
1: be in the mix for uh, a Huberto.
0: Maybe yeah, maybe they could for sure. And but I just don't I think I was ever getting traded. This is, he's a UFA after this season, scored 82 points last year. And apparently that's still too rich for some people, I guess, but I don't know. Like I look at them the same way I looked at the wild, like, yeah, you're good. Probably going to be very good this season, but like, are you, how did, how are you improving to beat the abs? Are you really relying so hard on this Jordan Bennington angle that if who even was it? Callie Rosen doesn't knock Kadri into him. You win that series somehow. No, okay. no chance. Okay. Like we we, we can play that game too. If Darcy Kemper doesn't get jabbed in the eye against Nashville, we win in five.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I still look at the Avs and it's still just crazy to think because this core has been together now for four years. Our oldest player is Gabe Landeskog, and he's just turning 30. Like most of our core is still under the age of 28. Like Kale McCarr is what, 23? McKinnon's 26 or 27. Like they're lined up to be just like the Blackhawks were in their early run. Like this is just the beginning, and it's only going to get. I hate to say it because last year was so great. They have a the potential to be a better team in the future, especially yeah. if especially well, if
0: Uribe works out. A car might not be at his best yet.
1: Yeah, that's crazy to think about.
0: Yeah, and you're getting Bo Byram, who just turned twenty-one a month ago, probably getting hopefully his first full, non-interrupted NHL season. Fingers, Fingers crossed. crossed, knocking on all kinds of wood. But you're getting that guy plugged into your lineup. McKinnon's in his prime. He's only 26. He obviously he has his massive extension coming up soon. Rantanen's 25. Landeskog's 29. He's going to be 30 in November. But like Nachushkin's 27. Lekkinen's 27. And all of your depth guys, they're a little older. But you still have Alex Newhook, 21 years old.
1: But those depth guys are replaceable. You replace other older depth guys.
0: They're replaceable. Like that's why I don't even want to talk about it. You have Alex Newhook who's going to keep stepping in here and taking a bigger role every single season. He's only 21. A lot of contending teams do not have an Alex Newhook in their system. And nope. you still have Sam Gerrard, 24. Your defense, your defense is a little older, but having Kale McCarr and Bo Byron really drags that age down a lot to 26 mm-hmm. as an average age, which is pretty crazy to think about. You, you
1: at- got Devon Tate still in his prime. Who's going to be in his prime for probably another
0: three, four years. Yeah. He's, he's 28. He's got two years left on his deal. Like the abs are set up.
1: He's
0: going make to make a bank. Four point one for Devontaes. Yeah. That's a deal. That is, that is a deal.
1: Yeah. So we look at it. It's it's great. There was one other thing that happened in the Western Conference, and I know you have some feelings on it because it does kind of relate to the Abs situation. I guess it gets started oh, this in this
0: little thing. Yeah. yeah.
1: It does get started in the East. The Blue Jackets signed Patrick Liney to four years, eight point seven, if I remember right.
0: Yeah, four years, eight point seven, and they're at a cap room at this point. Yep. And so, for some reason, Yarmo Kekalainen, general manager of the Columbus Blue Jackets, well, I actually like. He's done a lot of good stuff. I think he's okay.
1: Yeah, but but I like. He realized that.
0: This is one of the worst moves of the offseason. Well,
1: I don't know. Branson at four years at $4 is pretty bad, too.
0: Yeah, which he signed, too, which is also (laughs) a direct causation of why this happened. The Blue Jackets cap-strapped all of a sudden with Johnny Gaudreau falling into their lap and paying a lot of money for Patrick Laine. We can talk about that as a different topic. Trade Oliver Bjorkstrand to the Seattle Kraken for a third and a fourth, which to me, is without question one of the worst moves this offseason. Oliver Bjorkstrand is awesome. That guy is really good. Yeah. And I don't understand how you come to the conclusion that that's the move you have to make in order to get cap compliant. He's arguably their second best forward. Yes.
1: At the moment, he's the best.
0: At worst, third. Imagine if the abs were just cap strapped. like, all right, Miko, you've done great for us, but sorry. Can't do it anymore. You know what this really is like? It's like a Sam Gerard trade. Exactly. You, you, have Gerard a guy, you have a guy locked up at good money for a couple of years, and you trade that for cap relief. The Blue Jackets have Gus Nyquist at one year left right now. And I think it's about $5 million. I can pull that up really quick. Yeah, I think 5, it's $5. 5500000 5. 5 And he's a UFA the next season. Oliver Bjorkstrand made, I think, 5.8, 5.4. Yep. So he made $100,000 less. Now the thing I, mean, I saw about, I think he has two or three. Great so, deal. Yeah, he's got four, including this one. 5.4, he signed it last year. I think maybe in the early stages of you being on this show or like right before I talked about it, being like, if Columbus is ever selling... Oliver Bjorkstrand would be an amazing app <laughs> but they just signed him to that extension so that's never going to happen so he's got four years left at 5.4 great contract for an outstanding player Gus Nyquist has 5.5 at one year left the thing I saw is like oh well it would have been too hard to trade Gus Nyquist are you fucking kidding me it's too hard what is your job Your job is to manage the roster of your team and your solution to it's too hard is to trade your third best forward who, who is arguably more impactful on both ends of the ice than Patrick line, who you just gave a boatload of money to. And it's not like Gus Nyquist sucks.
1: The guy had 53
0: points last year and a full good. That's good. That's a really good player. You're
1: telling me you couldn't move that for anything. For a, let alone like they could have gotten a seventh round pick for him. Even if you had to give up a pick, is that not better than just
0: keeping Bjorkstrand? For the term he has, also, you also know what the other problem is here. If you don't sign Eric Goodbranson, this doesn't happen. If yeah, you you're not give out the worst contract of the off season four times four for a thirty year old Eric Goodbranson, who I don't understand how he just keeps getting these jobs, but. If you don't sign that contract and you trade I don't know Eric Robinson who's at 1.6 that's 5.6 million dollars right there. You're good. And you're good. Right? Well right now the Including Blue Jackets are up. are about a million over the cap right now. So they still got to do something else. But like what is your job? You're just your solution is to trade one of your best players for nothing for cap relief. That is the best move the Seattle Kraken have ever made, and they signed Berkey this offseason, too. I will say Dude, that's the stronger.
1: Kraken had a terrible first offseason. They've knocked it out of the park this offseason. Maybe, maybe, the or...
0: maybe they were just playing the long game with their cap space because they finally weaponized it, and they got, in my opinion, a top-five underrated player in the NHL in okay. Oliver Bjorkstrand. When, when we talk about true underrated players, I think everyone knows Devontae is underrated. Nicholas Backstrom's always like the king of that conversation. He's the Hall of Famer. It's hard to really say underrated at that point. I put Jason Robertson in there. Backstrom's Hall of Famer. Yeah. You think so? I think so. We're not doing this right now.
1: We're not doing this. We're not doing this right now. I'm I'm
0: already heated. We're not doing this right now. (laughs) Jason Robertson's going to be great. I think he's still in that underrated. But a guy like Bjorkstrand on the Blue Jackets, a team that gets ignored doing the things he does, that is an underrated player. And yep. Seattle got him for nothing. It cost them nothing. They have so many draft picks. They weren't even their own draft picks. They got those in other deals. Yep. I, I just don't get why Columbus would do that. You could have had Gaudreau, Linea, and Bjorkstrand if you were just better at cap management. I know Gaudreau kind of fell into your lap, but you no one put a gun to your head and forced you to sign Eric Ed Branson before that. And it, it's too hard to trade Gus Nyquist. That is, that is just one of the most pathetic excuses I've ever seen for a bad move. It's too hard. How much do you get paid to run a hockey team? I know it's not as much as your players, but come on. It's too hard to trade a guy who had over 50 points last season at 5.5 for one year. You're telling me no one would take that with a fifth round pick attached to it? You're lazy. You have the the creative. The Kraken probably would have taken it. You're
1: lazy. You have the creativity of a brick. Yep. So it makes no sense. I do like what Seattle's building, though. Like I, I well. really, like Shane Wright, Maddie Beniers, Andre Burakovsky, Bjorkstrand. Like you still like got Johnny Gord. Probably like, not going
0: to be a playoff team this year, but they got pro- probably one of the best players in the draft. And Shane Wright, we'll see. I'm not a prospect expert. That's not that's might be a bold claim. I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. They yeah. also have Maddie Beniers, who is going to step in this season and be very good. They look like they're taking an expansion path. Right now, they're building up a little solid core. Yorkstrand's going to be great. Berkey, we'll see how he does in top-line minutes. Matty Beneer, Shane Wright, going to be great players. They've still got to build out their defense, so probably not a playoff team this year or next. But there's something there. You they're have to think Grubauer
1: is going to be better, right? You have to think is going to be better, right?
0: By default, he has yeah. to be better. He was an 889. He's going to be better this season. 905, people will just finally lay off him I guess just because expectations are so low right now well I think it helps that he went to Seattle because everyone forgot about Seattle after like the first two weeks yeah I literally did I I, like Seattle they I just got used to them so quickly because they were so insignificant
1: yeah like I remember I hated Seattle because those fuckheads in their first game against Vancouver at home I was like that's the lock of the year cracking money line and they got destroyed
0: yeah, they got the, crushed in that game they got
1: crushed you
0: could you could uh, tell there was no magic when they were down three nothing to vegas yeah. in their first ever game you you could tell there there's nothing saving this team right now this is just a poorly constructed roster
1: yeah but after that they've killed it this offseason. i think the kraken are they're on the right path and i mean more than likely end up with another top 10 pick and in next year's draft from all accounts next year's draft is going to be a generational draft so if you land in the top 10 you're potentially getting another good player and I still really like Yanni Gord. I think they, Eberle- they've, had,
0: they've had good draft luck. Yeah. I mean, they didn't win a lottery this year. They had the fourth overall pick, got Shane Wright with it. They got the second overall pick in their first season, got Matty Beneers with it. Who's to say they can't get a little Connor Bedard action in there? Who, who's the other guy that I'm just totally forgetting? That's I'm to blanking on him start? too. I just know Connor Bedard. Yeah. I can that's very all I know. quickly look it up. Is it Mishkov from yeah. Russia? Yeah. yeah. right, Mishkov. They may, I don't know, you can land second and get him as well Probably would be better because he's a winger
1: Yeah, I mean I, 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 think,
0: I think with Bedard, you don't fuck around as all we yeah. Do
1: yeah, Bedard is going to be a god And I really hope This is weird because like I want Arizona to get him But I also don't want to have to face him
0: uh, You know, with Arizona It's it's cute for a little while But then once they get Bedard and he's in our division Yeah You know, maybe that's not the, the kind of thing we yeah. want to deal with
1: every No, year. we're good
0: especially they well, just got Logan Cooley. Eventually Arizona is going to be something. Maybe don't give them Connor Bedard.
1: Yeah, they don't need him. They don't need him. Sorry, Richie. Um, but I don't know. Like, I like what Seattle's doing. I hate what Columbia – like like you said, I agree with everything. It's just like doing a Sam Gerard move, except it, it's bad. It's just bad. It's a bad it's, move. It's
0: creating a good contract and a good player for cap space, for nothing. Yeah. I, I know – Gaudreau threw a wrench and everything. They did not expect to get him. They just put an offer in there just to see. I Patrick Line at 8.7 for four years. Man, I, I just don't know about that. I don't
1: like, dude, is, is it crazy to say that Patrick Line is one of the most overrated players in the NHL? We talk about underrated players. Is he one of the most overrated players in the NHL? I think you have to have the conversation. I mean, we talk about this guy. He is a bottom
0: five defensive player in the NHL. The yes. guy does does not play defense. And his lethal shot is all anyone ever talks about. He's gotten over 40 once. And you can bring up the two shortened seasons. He didn't come close in either of those to scoring, even at a 40-goal pace. He was hurt last year. He scored 26 and 56. Maybe he gets 40 there. But at 8.7, like that's bona fide and proven 40-goal scorer money. And I don't know. They're banking a lot on him. I I get it, but that guy is going to take up ten percent of your cap, and I don't should, like it. It just cost you Burke. It just cost you York Strand hours after the contract was signed.
1: Yeah, I, I would argue a guy that we love. I think burke a better player than Patrick Liney, and he's only making five point five. Yeah,
0: I mean Liney Ly- like- has the potential to be a bona fide offensive superstar. Probably should be by now because this is what his sixth, seventh season at this point. The guy is yeah. twenty-four years old really should start coming into it. If it's not this year, it's probably not going to be ever line. A has the potential to be elite, but yeah. you bring up Berkey Berkey's had his struggles. Berkey's not relied on the carry a whole team.
1: He's not, it's just, I don't think it's crazy to say like he's one of the most overrated players in the NHL. Like, I just don't think that's a crazy assumption to make with, Patrick Line. I mean, just, remember when the to... debate was with, who was better, Line or Matthews? Remember yeah, when there, that there was, was a thing there
0: because Line finished second behind Ovi for the Rocket when he scored 44 goals. I mean, his first two seasons, he had 36 and 44 goals. It was only natural to assume this guy was going to be an Ovechkin like scorer. And he and math like, there was a point in time where the debate was, well, Matthews is the better playmaker for sure. But Line, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's an elite sniper right there. He's going to be a better scorer than Matthews' his entire career. Uh, not funny. true at all. Matthews just exactly. scored 60 goals, but back to back Rocket Richard Back to back Rocket Richard scored 60 goals this season with a hurt wrist and missed games.
1: Like I, I just I I get the tantalization of having Goudreau and Line A together. I just you up, center. I don't see it.
0: Like, like I like I think Columbus is going to be a fun team to watch, but now you just lost one of your best players for nothing. You don't have a center. Is Cole Sillinger at 19 or 20 years old, however he's going old he's gonna be this season, gonna step in that role right away? Or is it gonna be Jack Roslovic?
1: I don't know. But like I said, like this is it's so weird to just see the sizable gap between the ABS and, and everybody everyone else. Like Tampa's close just because it's Tampa, but then after Tampa, there is a steep drop-off.
0: There really and then after
1: is. that tier. After that tier, there's an even more significant drop off. Like there's the NHL is in a spot right now where they have this is probably the best the players have ever been. Like this is the best the league's ever been, player and talent wise from around the world. And there is still a massive gap between the ABS and the Lightning and everyone else. And everyone's just trying to play catch up.
0: Yeah. I and mean, you look at going back to Columbus, they have Zach Lorensky, and you can argue their second best defenseman is Vlad Gavrikov. Like, that's bad. That's it's bad. bad. And it's crazy how, like, it's I'll, crazy I'll go how deep. To, yeah. I'll go to my East team in Washington. Like, they're going to be missing Backstrom and Wilson for a significant part of the season. I like what they did. Their top pair is John Carlson, Martin Faravari, rookie, yeah. might still come into it. And they got Darcy Kemper and Charlie Lindgren, pretty decent tandem. They're old, they're an old fucking team, and they're not what they used to be. They're not set up for the future like the abs but are.
1: You had to kind of know this was coming with them. You oh, know what I mean? Of course. I'm, like, I'm,
0: I'm impressed we kicked it down the road another year.
1: Yeah. Like it's, I think that's the goal when you're a team like that. I mean, the, the Capitals could have easily been like the Blackhawks and just fallen off the face of the earth, but they, they've stayed relevant. Might still. Like, never know. It, they, I don't know. I mean, what, we're coming up on what, five years since they won the cup? Six?
0: It's, it's been, they won in 18, so it's been four years.
1: Warriors, geez, God, time is a flat circle.
0: Um,
1: I, I mean, they're still relevant. Yeah, they're I still mean, relevant.
0: I, li- they, I like what they did. They're probably going to make the playoffs this season. Hopefully they locked better. themselves
1: in his playoff team.
0: Yeah, then we we don't. But the thing is, it's already starting. Backstrom had double hip surgery.
1: Oh, he's never played again.
0: That killed Ryan Kessler's career yeah. and someone else's career who I'm blanking on right now. There's- he
1: came back. I remember the second player only came back and played like 10 games and they retired.
0: Yeah. And it was the same thing with Kessler. And there's. They put out optimism that Backstrom's going to play this season, and you can tell by their their cap moves that they're maybe expecting him to come back. Even if he does, Backstrom's a tough son of a bitch, but that's that's tough to come back from. Yeah. So it's all it's already starting. We're already seeing it. Braden Holtby probably oh, retiring. That's he sad. That's sad. Ago. He left years ago, but he's
1: already retiring. Cap for life, man. Yeah, you always have that. You always have that cup. You always yeah. have that save against Vegas, but like, that's, I think when we get to that point with the abs, we're so far from that. Yeah. We're so far away, but we're hopefully we're talking about like three or four cups and it'll make it like, it'll still be, still be sad. But like, what, what do you think? When Ovi retires, will, will that probably be one of the saddest days of your life? Yeah. Without yeah. question.
0: Cause I will have no reason to watch the team anymore. Yeah. Cause eventually like, we're going to stop competing for cups probably in the next year or two. Three if we're totally lucky. And everything outside of that is just going to be the chase for Wayne. And then once he passes Gretzky and retires, they're going to suck so <laughs> bad for so long. They're going to become they're going to turn into the Washington Nationals, where they they won and they are just a big pile of shit right now. And there is no hope in sight anytime no. soon. I don't I don't even need to be a baseball guy to know that team is fucked for a yeah. long time.
1: But it's like, that's, it's one of those, it's one of those things like for me, it's when you, we talked about this before we got on the show, just how weird it is getting older. And for me, when the first player retired and it made me feel like, holy fuck, like that per, like when Peyton Manning retired, I was like, I watched this guy's entire career. Like, this is really weird to see him retire. Um, when Crosby and Ovechkin retire, that is going to break my brain because
0: those like two. That, that's going to be the end of an era. In that's the end of an era. Like both those guys go.
1: Like, the Avs won cups. Like, I was young when the Avs won cups. It wasn't until Crosby. I was, Crosby, even, I was yeah. even younger. Yeah. Uh, when Crosby and Ovechkin came to the league, that's really when I fell back in love with hockey, was watching those two compete. So it's going to be weird when they retire. Hopefully it's not for a ways. Because um, Ovechkin's, what, 35?
0: 36. 30, 36. He's going to be 37 this season. His, ah, his birthday's in September, I think.
1: Fucking hell. That is crazy to think about. Um, but it's going to be weird.
0: Still the most prolific goal scorer, or yeah. at least second, top three.
1: And he at, went on the – he had the ultimate turnaround of player I hated to now he's one of my favorite players in the league. Um, but that's going to be weird. And, I mean, when the Avs get to that point, it's going to be super sad, but we're still a ways away. Like, we're still talking like, – like, right had now, what? Because the Caps have been good since, what, like 2006? Yeah, they got – pretty much like 2008
0: was the first year they made the playoffs. Since then, they missed once.
1: So you have and 13 we were, years of yeah. really competitive hockey and lots of heartbreak. And the Avs, unlike the Capitals, conquered their demons early in the run. And now they're set up to win multiple cups.
0: Yeah. So, and arguably, like, if, we, if we're being cruel, the fourth year of competition, you can probably say third or fourth year, realistically, because yeah. lost to the Sharks, they lost to the Stars, they lost to Vegas. Fourth year, really. Yeah. Fifth year of the playoffs, they conquered all of their quote unquote demons and walked to a Stanley Cup. So now they have the, everyone talks about the winning mentality. And that was always everyone's problem all season was the as they didn't have a winning mentality because they haven't won before. Now they did
1: and now they haven't
0: now no one has any any excuses against us for the next couple of years
1: and not and not to hold it against your caps but the caps supposedly have the winning mentality and they haven't gotten out of first round since they won the cup
0: right it truly means nothing right and anything can happen but the avalanche are so unbelievably better set up than the caps Mm -hmm. ever were in terms of like long-term future like it's like if the caps won in 2009 or something or like 2010 or something
1: sick. like that. I was watching a YouTube video and it was like most electrifying goals of the 2010s. The one of Mike Green game 1 against the Rangers in overtime. What a fucking shot that was.
0: 2013. Last goal they yeah. scored in that series. No. Yeah. That was the that no, was that was game, game one. that was game 2. That was game 2. Oh, it was game 2 because they yeah, went up game two. 2, but then game 5 it was Who is that fucking guy? I know Mark Stahl. No,
1: it was Mark Stahl. I thought. No, no,
0: no, the caps scored. It was at home, the game overtime winner, and it was Olsner who shot it. I (laughs) I know that I literally know this off the top of my head every time, except right now, right now, Mike Ribeiro. Oh, yeah, he scored the overtime winner. They got shut out in two games after that, (laughs) (laughs) like, literal definition of cap playoff hockey.
1: So, but the abs are set up to be. Better I mean, Like we, we talked earlier in this episode,
0: like who is challenging us right now? Like in the caps years, there was always the Penguins. There was always the Rangers with like, you didn't even have to talk about the West because there was always these teams in the East, like Pittsburgh, New York, Boston, all these other teams that would come up and up and up. Tampa would always be in the way too. For the abs, we're talking what like St. Louis and Edmonton. And you look east, and there's really not much else there either. Like this is, like this is really an unprecedented era of competitiveness for the ABS. Another the team might not ever. Another team might not ever see something like this again, where the nope. path is open for so long.
1: Yeah, for a long ass time. Um, who, we'll end the show with this, and I want to ask you this question because I just kind of thought about it, and I don't even know the answer to it who is like your dream matchup for the abs in either the playoffs or the Stanley cup finals, who would you like to see them play? Cause I to mean, me, it was Tampa. It was
0: Tampa. Them. It was Tampa. I feel like we, I got my dream matchup. We beat the defending back-to-back champions. I really, I I'm going to be totally real with you. I don't have one right now. Really? I, just, I just got it. Yeah. Give me whoever we want. I, I don't want it to be the caps. I would hate that. That would. Be oh, That
1: would be your hell. That'd be wow. hell. That would be a personal hell for you. That yeah, would be awful. no um, right? you know what we could do? We could do. If we ever get like have enough money from the show, you have season tickets to the Caps. No, I don't. What if – I thought you did. Well, no. we go – I fly out. Oh, I do not, dog. Yeah, I, I fly out and watch in Washington. We get enough money to fly back here. I We go to the game and my tickets in Colorado. And we just go to every game. Like – Maybe if we ever get enough money, or get like, or like Luca work for an organization that maybe maybe THPN um, is like, okay, we're gonna fly you guys out to be reporters on the scene. Like maybe one day, but that that would be the only positive of those two. That would would be the only positive,
0: and you could just have my reaction of just my hands in my face for seven games, probably four realistically. Abs crush uh, just in my face the entire time. I mean, I mean, let's face it the the most covered series would be Toronto if yeah. the Avs played toronto especially actually that would be especially awful now now that we're the winners because now it wouldn't even be these two fun teams it would be the the Avs juggernaut going up against the underdog if you never want to play the leafs is as them as underdogs that yeah. sounds so awful just from a media perspective but i mean tv
1: wise that would be a great stand the cup look, final
0: i'm gonna say this i am fully taking off my fan hat right now Pittsburgh would be an awesome final.
1: Oh that'd be great. You you haven't said the team that I want to face. Um, and it's a little bit of a little bit of a curveball. I think it'd be a fantastic series just because I think they're scumbag fans. Boston. Colorado versus Boston in a cup final would be awesome. I thought just- about
0: that this season. And
1: yeah, that'd be cool. It'd be cool. Like Pittsburgh would be awesome. The storylines of that would be. That, that's, a, that's
0: what I mean. Like at McKinnon Crosby, you get like the old dynasty of the Penguins and their era of dominance going up against the new one. That'd be a lot of fun. That'd I would be a lot. I fun. would despise it, and I would be, yeah. I would be a wreck that entire series. But
1: uh the Rangers would be fun, just because th- that'd be a fun matchup. That'd be a hell of a storyline. Shostakin versus Georgiev. That'd be a hell of a storyline.
0: Yeah, this season, that'd be a lot of fun.
1: But I, like you said, like, Tampa Bay was kind of like the dream matchup, and we beat them. So yeah,
0: like, I, feel, I feel like everything from here on out, like we're already talking like we're going back to the final. We probably are, but it all kind of goes downhill from here. It's like I you mean, already won once, and you already did it against the toughest opponent possible.
1: And, and we – remember last year when i first came on we were talking like it's not crazy to say that the f should be in the cup final and look where that led us so maybe us being a little cocky is beneficial for us. i mean us. how can we not it's why i said all season how
0: can we not be yeah and now so, we won so like what do you want from me
1: yeah i don't think my clothing options i, I got some shit from my family i went and got dinner um and for like the past three times they've seen me all i've had is just on stanley cup championship shit and they're like are you ever gonna wear anything else i'm like no, no. never like this is this is the greatest thing ever, and I am going to enjoy it. And the fact that it hasn't even been a month, you all haven't even been exposed to it yet. So um, we still have a whole nother year of this being able to rub it in people's faces. And I don't know about you, but Vegas fans, Minnesota fans, St. Louis fans have all gotten very quiet this offseason. Oh,
0: just silent. Silent it's St. Louis so fans have, have chirped up a lot just because they're still holding on to the Bennington
1: crap. But yeah, so guys, you weren't winning. Yeah, you weren't winning, but once again, man, another episode where we were like at the start of the show. Just to give you a little behind the scenes. We're sitting here and we're like, are we even going to have forty minutes of stuff to talk we, about? We got to
0: stop saying that. We're yeah, we're we always going to go over forty. We are yeah. too much scatterbrains to ever be organized enough to compact our thoughts into a forty-minute episode. That's yeah. never going to happen.
1: That's never going to happen. Um, we did have a winner. I'm blanking on the name of the shirt
0: for oh, <laughs> the Phil, light. Philip Hauser. He won. He, he, he had Philip a Philip Hauser. He had a question on the last episode too. A yeah, lot of so, you guys reached out, and actually, I was surprised yeah. at how many people sent Miller Light into our DMs.
1: That was great. So, um, th- thank you all crazy. to everyone
0: who listens this far in, because yeah. I I always underestimate just how many people listen this far in. Specifically, shouting out uh, Jarrett Collins, who is probably mowing a lawn right now. He, <laughs> he, he says, "Always oh, funny that here you." Say it's weird that people listen this long. He listens to every single episode. So shout out to you, Jim. Appreciate you, buddy. I appreciate yeah, everyone who's listening this far in.
1: We really appreciate this. is going to be a test of uh, everyone's fandom of us because I I think we spent in the hour we've been talking more than an hour, 10 combined minutes on the apps.
0: Yeah. And it was all so, about cadre. And yeah. Just to, well, it's we were talking about how good they are and how yeah. set up they are for the future. But it's like, what do you want from us? They've, they haven't done anything.
1: Yeah. They There's won. nothing else to do. We just need the and Kadri domino to fall, and we can finally start our off-season plans for where we have going.
0: I'm going to make a prediction when we record on Wednesday. I think he signs somewhere. I think we'll we'll have an answer by next episode. If not, I genuinely just don't know what to do. It'll
1: be August. It'll It'll, be like August. It'll be
0: August. It'll be ridiculous. A week
1: before training camp.
0: Yeah, especially if it's the Islanders. But yeah, I got nothing else unless you've got any last-second wisdom for us.
1: Nada tostada. Enjoy your week to me. My first full work week in like four weeks where I have to work five days, real tough life. Um, yeah. That, that's pretty much my parting wisdom. Just uh, let's enjoy the work week. Each week we're getting closer back to some abs hockey uh, training camp's going to be here before we know it. So I don't know if you call that wisdom or just final thoughts, but there we go.
0: <laughs> we can leave it. We can leave it up to everybody else. <laughs> but again, Thank you all so much to everyone who's tuned in and listened this far in. We all appreciate it. If you want to follow us on Twitter, follow me at G Young's NHL. I'm trying to start tweeting again. You can follow Christian at Christian You can follow the show at Tell It abs It Is for everything abs related. You can use promo code Tell It abs It Is on SeatGeek for $20 off your first order of $50 or more. We are very bad sponsor people because we have not shouted that out in like three episodes but they don't need to know that. They don't need <laughs> If you're shit. listening to the Seek Geek, we love you. If, if I was kidding, you know, that was a joke. <laughs> it was a bit. I'm doing a bit where I act like a bad host where I forget about my sponsors. I've never done that. So yeah, we've never. Don't worry never. about it. But use our promo code anyway because it'll help us a lot and help us keep it. Because <laughs> that's the only way they I think that's the only way they check on us anyway. So yeah code teledavs is for $20 off your first order $50 or more but again thank you all so very much for tuning in and we will catch you all next time where we will do this again hopefully something happens so we're actually not just ranting about random things for another hour but I mean there was stuff that happened this time so at least it was somewhat yeah. But so, uh, unless Kadri signs before next episode I don't have high hopes for it so we'll see where that all goes in time But again, thank you all so very much for tuning in and we will catch you all next time. But until then, let's go abs.